Modern MBA podcast with Marie Kerwin and Kristen Rossi. Our mission is to help MBAs coming from, going into, or merely considering more unorthodox career paths. We're a community to find inspiration and share stories. Today we are speaking with Madeline Carey, who is pursuing both an MBA and an MFA in theatre management at Yale School of Management. So you've worked in the arts space extensively. Can you tell us a little bit about what drew you to that space and also some of your early roles? Sure. Well, um, I guess how early do we want to get? Because my first professional role as a stage manager was when I was 16. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, There was a really excellent training program at the Children's Theater in Lexington, Kentucky. It's actually the State Children's Theater of Kentucky. Um, and they gave me my first professional experience. I was an assistant stage manager for them twice. Um, I had been involved in theater before I recognized after like the transition from middle school to high school, that performance was not my jam. I really preferred being in charge. Um, I went to college still intending to be a stage manager. So I was a theater major at Butler university in Indianapolis. Um, But after my first stage management internship, I realized that I wanted to have a much broader effect on arts organizations themselves. So I switched to arts administration for theater. Um, And then I got, uh, while I was in college, I worked at um, two operas. I worked at New York Stage and Film, which is a place where new plays are developed. Um, I was there the summer that Hamilton was workshopping. Um, I did nothing for Hamilton. When Manuel Miranda asked me for gum and I didn't have any. Um, and then I worked at a cabaret theater after graduation. I also worked at the Indianapolis Symphony, the Grand Rapids Symphony, a keyboard festival called the Gilmore Keyboard Festival. Um, really, I've worked in nearly every aspect of live arts. Um, I've worked in patron services, artist operations, marketing, design, um, PR, uh, front of house, all sorts of stuff. Tell us about the journey to the MBA and the MFA that you're doing. Sure. So I actually, and this is probably not surprising based on my history, um, I was MFA first. Um, So when I decided that it was time for me to go to grad school, I was um, living in Louisville, Kentucky. I had moved for my former partner's work. Um, and I wasn't having a lot of luck finding full-time sustainable work in the arts in that, um, area. Um, and, uh, so I was actually working at Churchill Downs where the Kentucky Derby is run. Um, I was running an interesting volunteer program there. Um, and I decided that it was time that I really needed to refocus my career. I still wanted to work in arts administration. I really wanted to enter in at a higher level, um, than the jobs I had previously been doing. So, I decided that it was time to apply to grad schools for arts administration. I was particularly interested in grad schools that offered a dual MBA. There are a few. Um, And so I looked into a couple of them. However, this was, I came to this decision kind of winter of 2017. And uh, when you get into winter, you've actually missed a lot of application deadlines. So I only applied to two schools and Yale was the only one whose deadline I had not missed. I had until fall of my second year um, to try to apply to the MBA program. Um, I ultimately didn't. I, uh, I was on the path to graduate in 2012, uh, 
God knows what, what year was I supposed to graduate. I was on the path to graduate in 2021. I was supposed to graduate this May. Mm. Um, the, the MFA is a three-year program um, in theater management. So, And in your third year, you have a full-time job. Um, so I was supposed to be the managing director of the Yale Cabaret, which is our student-run basement performance space. And then COVID hit. <laughs> Halfway through, you know, my second semester of my second year, we shut down. Um, I was the assistant managing director of our professional theater space, Yale Repertory Theater, at the time. So I was actually involved in a lot of the high-level conversations, and it became really clear that the writing on the wall was that the drama school was just simply not going to produce the next year. So I was facing the opportunity of having a third and final year of no productions, um, you know, no cabaret. Um, if there was a cabaret, it would be virtual theater um, and, you know, all virtual classes, et cetera. The, the appeal that they were going to offer the students because of no productions was that they were going to offer a free fourth year. Um, so every student that decided to stay for a fourth year, because we are a professional school, we are a professional program. Um, uh, so the work that you do is 90% of the reason why you're here in the first place. Um, so that was the appeal of the fourth year is that the fourth year would be all of the production opportunities that you missed out on your third, um, if you decided to stay. And I thought to myself, you know, my program already has an option for a fourth year if I choose and get accepted into the MBA program. Um, so I said, whatever, just because I've missed the deadlines doesn't mean I can't go back. So I applied, I got in, and I spent my third year entirely at the School of Management. Um, a big reason why I didn't apply previously is because um, I was really unclear and unfocused about what an MBA would bring me and what how an MBA would augment my um, abilities to perform the work that I was interested in doing. Um, because, you know, an MFA in itself is a terminal degree. If I wanted to operate a theater company, my MBA would absolutely, or sorry, my MFA would absolutely prepare me explicitly in operating a nonprofit theater in America. Um, and, you know, Yale is a very connected university. So we always, no matter what school you're in, you always have the opportunity to take classes at other schools. So, you know, I had already taken some classes at the School of Management that, um, you know, management second years take as electives. Um, and so I really didn't see how it would augment my experience or my future. And then, you know, as I was reconsidering it and thinking to myself, should I ask forgiveness rather than permission and apply really late? Um, you know, COVID actually really augmented my thinking about how I can try to innovate the theater space. Um, like I said, we are a industry as a whole that is really hard for a lot of people to have sustainable careers and for a lot of people to be able to um, you know, reach their creative potential, keep their audiences together without trying to like institutionalize and make a theater. Um, and so the result of that is that America actually just has a, a really large glut of micro nonprofit theaters that are run by practitioners and not administrators. And so they, you know, they tend to be run ineffectually. They tend to, you know, start out strong and then maybe die out. And I think that I thought that like going into the business school would actually help me really analyze the, the industry space and how we do business and how we create these business models to think of a way to keep independent artists, you know, 
number one, creating what they want to create. Number two, pooling audiences together so that audiences aren't demanding everything from just one artist or one company. They have, you know, this whole collective of people so that, you know, not one artist feels the pressure to create and institutionalize something that's not really meant for them. Um, and also like how to make our work more humane and more sustainable. Do you do some parts of the MFA and MBA kind of like at the same time? And it's structured so that you spend your first two years entirely at the drama school. Um, and again, we're a professional program. So at every point that I am enrolled at the drama school, I am also performing work for the drama school. Um, in your first year, you take classes in the morning. Um, your 9 a.m. to 2 p.m.s are uh, just reserved exclusively for your essential core classes that you take with your cohort at the drama school. Um, and in the afternoons, you uh, shift through several different professional work assignments. Um, so we rotate through every administrative office that we operate um, at Yale School of Drama and Yale Repertory Theaters. And then in the second year, they split the cohort um, per semester. Um, so in one semester, half the cohort is on a fellowship and the other half of the cohort is in residence. Um, I had a fall fellowship. I was at La Jolla Playhouse. I was working with their managing director and their general manager, Debbie Buckholtz and Ryan Myshide. Um, It was incredible. Um, I spent my fellowship with them working for the general management team and under the and learning from the managing director about being a managing director for, you know, a theater like La Jolla, which is a large regional theater nonprofit um, that uh, does a lot of work that um, sometimes transfers to Broadway or just like gives life. They are really focused on world premieres and innovation, which uh, really excited me. Um, I did several different projects for them, but my most proud one was I was the um, general management lead for a really large fundraiser um, with the original cast of The Who's Tommy, led by the original director, Des Mackinoff, who used to be the artistic director of La Jolla. Um, so that's how I spent my fall of 2019. And then spring of 2020, I came back to Yale. It was, again, um, you know, take your classes and do your work. Um, in your second year, you have one professional work assignment for the entire semester that you're in residence, and mine was assistant managing director of Yale Repertory Theater and Yale School of Drama. It was an extremely valuable time for me professionally because I don't think that I will have ever had the opportunity to entirely shut down a theater on a moment's notice ever again in my career. And if you do the MBA, your third year is entirely in residence at the School of Management. Um, so you go to your cohort, you take all of your core classes with the cohort, and you live entirely as an MBA student that whole year. Um, and then your fourth and final year, you take classes at both. You finish up your requirements for graduation, take, you know, and otherwise take whatever is interesting to you. And you perform your professional work assignment, which now I am the Associate Managing Director of Yale Rep. Obviously, MBA is you know, are known for being extremely busy anyway. I'm sure it's the same with an MFA. How do you manage, like, the time management and um, aspect of this, particularly with the, the professional aspect to your program as well? Yeah, I mean, um, it's essentially managing FOMO, unfortunately, <laughs> um, because there are just, like, you, you simply cannot do it all. And so you have to pretty aggressively prioritize, um, and you do have to recognize the parts in the program where you can beg forgiveness rather than permission, you know. Um, 
if if there is something that like my the the drama school or SOM says that I must do, but it absolutely conflicts with something else that it must do. You know, you have to be able to recognize like what serves you best and what to prioritize, and then you know how to push back on either program and find a workaround and find an accommodation. Um, so yeah, it's a it is a lot of aggressive prioritization um, and a lot of just simply really long days um, when when you try to fit it all in. So uh, I unfortunately this year uh, am at at am at the business school very little of the, my time of day. Um, so I go, I have two classes per quarter over there, um, and I'm there during my classes, but I fairly immediately have to leave. So I miss out on the big group lunches that are in our courtyard. Luckily we have a very large courtyard, so it's a great space for everybody to congregate right now. Um, I miss out on some group lunches. I miss out on some hallway conversations, some stuff like that. However, I made it a big priority to retain leadership roles in the clubs that I was already leading and um, take on a couple more so that I could stay involved in the culture. Um, I'm a leader of the Media and Entertainment Club. I am also a leader of a program called Voices, um, which is essentially uh, weekly talks given by um, three SOM students per week uh, about anything that they're passionate about. It's a really incredible part of the SOM culture and brings people closer together and you know, helps people open up about themselves and their journeys and stuff. Um, so I'm a leader of both of those. I am also um, uh, chair of our tailgate committee for the Harvard Yale game, which is our big football game in the fall. <laughs> um, and so that's how I really stay in touch uh, with the SOM culture while I spend the majority of time over at the drama school. And so what are your plans for after graduation? Hmm, great question. Who's to say? <laughs> um, I will say uh, I was actually this. This is another bit of a culture shock that I experienced when I started the MBA program. Um, I think exacerbated by the fact that I was MFA first, so I did not look into any other MBA programs. I did not look into really like the culture of people that go to MBA programs. I was just like, oh yes, I see like the benefit to me here. I see like these classes and these things to learn from and like to really explore in. Um, and then when I got here and it seemed like everybody knew what job they wanted already, I was like, what? <laughs> like, excuse me? Um, that was a real shock for me. I didn't realize that people came into MBA programs already with like, I am going into consulting. I am going into MBB. I am aiming to be, um, you know, uh, an investment banker at this place specifically, you know, and this is how I recruit. Recruiting was a new word for me. Um, you know, in the arts, there are not like solid recruiting cycles. There are not the same kind of like distinct pathways that other people have. Um, so that was kind of a shock for me. Um, Right now, I am trying to focus on exploring more of the commercial and media space uh, in the fall as I look at open positions. Um, and those are really more of the kind of positions that the MBA has opened up for me, um, just simply because those are also the ones that are a little bit more recruiting right now. Theaters, you know, theaters hire really on an as needed basis. So it's really like, it's really like just in time hiring, um, to put it into MBA terms. So, uh, theater jobs that I would be looking at, such as like general manager, like managing director or something like that at a regional theater, 
won't be open until the spring or like won't, they won't even necessarily know that they need a person in that position until um, until closer to the spring when I would be available to actually fill a position. Um, so, so yeah, I am looking, I'm looking really in, um, I'm really looking at, uh, trying to be in a space where I can continue to explore this intersection between live theater, live performance, live events, and the greater accessibility that technology might, uh, uh, be able to afford people to experience such things. I'm really interested in the intersection between essentially film and media production and live performance and seeing where that can take us because especially as somebody who was incredibly interested in the arts, incredibly interested in theater, incredibly interested in live performance, but by circumstance of birth happened to grow up in the middle of the country in a area that is not particularly known for being a cultural hub. Um, I really didn't have access to a lot of things and I still don't because I am also from a you know, currently I am not economically able to see a lot of live performances unless I'm given free tickets. Yeah, that completely makes sense. And I remember that kind of phase of, of yeah, being in grad school as well, for sure. But yeah, it's obviously, I mean, it's a really exciting time, I suppose, to be entering the, entering the market in a way. Um, it's also, it's interesting you raised, I guess, the cultural clash between MBA recruiting and then theatre recruitment, because it is the MBA recruitment process is so, I think, especially in the US, it's like so unique. And so unlike anything, certainly anything I'd experienced before, it, it is very different. Yeah, I had absolutely no idea that I would potentially be with folks that, you know, w- would get a job in August or September. And, and I was like, wait, you already have a job? And they were like, yeah, what are you recruiting for? And I'm like, I, I have no idea. I thought I was here to find out. Um, which essentially I have, you know, and it's really, it's really an excellent time, but it was a pretty big shock for me when I first got here. And especially when everybody else seemed to know the acronyms already, I had a little bit of catch up work to do. That's all for today's Modern MBA podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Marie. If you like this episode, remember to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And you can get access to articles and more great content by visiting our website, themodernmba.co.uk, or you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Until next time, bye! Bye!